sermon let us bond by singing Psalm 32, the third, the fourth, and the fifth stanzas. And now will the reading of our text continue on where we left off after after Luke chapter 17, we go to chapter 18 then, the first eight verses disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Sometimes he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God, care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. The Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? ministry on earth, among other things, Jesus preached in a very unique way. He spoke to his disciples and to the people in parables. Now some have said that his method of preaching was the most beautiful and simple way ever devised. Was that so? something that stood behind the simple example. The fact of the matter was that these messages were not at all easily discovered or understood. And today's parable is a good example of the difficult parable. Perhaps you know that many interpretations have been given for the parable of the persistent widow. Some have said that the parable conveyed the message that one should never give up in life, but keep focused until you reach your goal. Others have suggested that the parable deals with the contrast between those who are unjust in dealing with the poor and the needy as opposed to the justice God shows to them. Congregation, the disciples, once came to Jesus and said, why do you keep 
people in parables, Jesus replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. Why, I speak to them in, in parables, though seeing they do not see, though hearing they do not hear or understand. I think it's fair to say, we may say that not everyone understood what Jesus was saying. Even though Jesus intended for that to be the case. And elsewhere we read that even the disciples had to learn to understand him and in fact did also do so. So let us listen carefully to that counsel. I proclaim to you the message of Scripture to find us in our text under the following theme and head, the parable of the persistent widow teaches us to constantly pray for the answers of God. We will look at the pleading and then the answer and consider the endurance First of all, then, the pleading. We said a moment ago the parable seen by some was pointing to the unjust judge who was merciful as he stands over against the just God of, of heaven. The idea is that widows and orphans do not receive their justice, that men in high places who have no fear for God pay them no attention. And over against this God, it seems always ready to listen to everyone's needs. And we easily feel comfortable with a message like that. Nicely falls in with what Scripture says elsewhere. Namely, that there are the ways of the world, the ways of men, as contrasted with the ways of the Lord. And we can nicely preach such a message this afternoon us no harm. That might do us good. But would we be doing justice to our text? To find the actual message, we do well to look at the context in which the actual parable is spoken. And what I mean by that, look at the very immediate context of the actual parable itself. It's sandwiched between verse 1 and verse 8b. Verse 1 reads, Then Jesus told his disciple a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And verse 8 says, However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? together, and what do you get? Well, it seems that this parable is about such faith as produces effective prayer, actually. Why is it about prayer has to do with what was spoken of in the previous chapter? Yes. Luke had been speaking about the terrible things that would befall the believers before the Lord should return. Get a bit of a flavor of the situation again here. Not in 
Son of Man, but you will not see him. Men will tell you there he is, or here he is, do not go running off after them. For the Son of Man in his days will be like the lightning, which flashes and lights in the sky from one end to the other. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. So what does our parable seek to convey given this situation? Why does Jesus address his disciples, verse 1, say that they should always pray and not give up? Jesus conveys the idea, congregation, that the times which are coming will be horrifying. Children of God will plead to this God, asking for relief, for a just answer to the situation of their oppression, that justice may be done towards them. They will long see one of the days of the Son of Man, say the first Son of Man, saying here the time will not yet be ripe for Christ's return. Evil must first carry out its evil. And when that is full, God will send his son back to the earth and then the end will come. But such will be the intention that people will plead and plead with God to come sooner. And we said this congregation, the reality is that not everything about the coming of the Lord demonstrates this intensity on the part of the people. And as suggested here, even those who are waiting for Christ's return. As we read, there will be those who say, there he is or here he is. In other words, it will suggest that the time of Christ's already come. And having come, then there is no no fear on the part of the people with his coming about his coming. Then Jesus draws us to the scenario of how it will be in the last days. It will be intense. People will be urgent in prayer. How many of you are, are seeing that today? Surely we're seeing many things happening which suggest the end cannot be far off. But even as these things are happening, it's suggested here that many who call themselves followers of Christ, Christians, who imagine that the message concerning Jesus Christ is not all that intense as to his appearing, or that it will not be. There are many who have said that Jesus Christ died and he has remained dead. That is, those churches that call themselves Christians. They speak about an existential message, a message which is for this time. Jesus is God. They say Jesus Christ died as a good example of how we are to live. Are those churches? Jesus shouldn't be expected to return, they say, but we must capture the effect of his dying as a wonderful example by looking for him and doing for him, for the poor, 
how Jesus would deal with them. That's something that got me thinking. That's why he left. That's why he died. And now we're on our own. There are others who are quite content with being or capturing elements of, of spiritualism, busy with speaking in tongues all the time, being Christians, who leave out conveniently that message which talks about sin and persecution, let alone the persecution that the church will need to endure because of intensity, they leave it out. So here you see the Lord warning his disciples not to go running off after these people who would paint a picture less intense, intense than is suggested with our, our reading. Well, you see, our Lord Jesus Christ would first of all have to be rejected by this generation. That refers not only to the events leading up to his crucifixion, which in relationship to our parable still has to take place, but also it also refers to how it will be, and especially there, how it will be at the end of time. Jesus says, focus your attention, he says to his disciples, focus your attention on my return. Plead to God for my return. Live in expectation of it and do not turn to the left or don't turn to the right. By the pseudo-religious house of And because it also threatens then the end of times, not just leading up to the crucifixion, this message also addresses us this afternoon, giving the same warning. Are you busy? Are you busy with pleading for the return of Jesus Christ? Brothers and sisters, there's enough going on in this world, in the horrible reality of, of what is going on in the world, that should make us busy with pleading for Christ's return. Does it not scare you? Are you content with what you have in this life? All the while, Jesus is saying, pray, pray, pray. You need to be concerned, Jesus says. There's a desperation that we must address, which God, which calls God to answer in the way that God intends to get his answer. a desperation that must be seen and must be addressed which calls God to answer in the way that God intends to give his answer. See what I'm saying? God has his plan for this nation this morning. God has his plan. He has his purpose. It's all written down in different people and on the shelf and perhaps it was intended that for that, but people destroy this world because of its evil. Are we in touch with the need for the reality of praying constantly? This life in which we live, we have to understand that it's quite temporary. We know that. I mean, I think we live as if it's permanent, don't we? But I mean, what we do and how we live our lives, I think it's still 
do so because you understood the need to do so. Did you witness again the terrible violence that has directed against the church in this world? I know sometimes it can distress true Christians living in the Muslim world to be being persecuted in one degree or another. We send our money
why we must pray that those who long for justice and nothing short of anger. That's not as if God does not hear us of weakness. He stands in full strength to bring about the full defeat of Satan and all of his hosts. But as leading up to that day, he wants us to trust him and to show that trust day by day, always continuing to pray. We're not praying as if God would do this or that for us. Pray to God enough to give you help. 
so our prayers often die out. As we conclude in our minds that God is not there to hear, put another way, we may think that God is somehow unjust. Perhaps you have a concern that you'd like the Lord to, to deal with, a thorn in the flesh, upset with God to show that you don't understand how it can be like that. And perhaps Paul was that way. Perhaps Moses was that way. They both needed for some of the, you know, the Pentateuch. And yet God gives, gives answer to his prayer in a sense as I see that. Now God is not a time we put in our prayer, we may expect an insult. And so we may come away from prayer if we do have that kind of a, of a thing in the spirit. God is somehow unjust. God, too, can seem distant to us. He can be seen as having no regard had no fear of God such as anyone God has no one else to answer to and so we may think God often has no time for us or cares less but lo and behold congregation the judge
those in your prayers call the victory of Christ to its conclusion. As the times and circumstances of the day dictate the need.
Continue to shine. 